Hello and welcome to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman alongside Joel Johnson, certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. He's been published in Forbes and the Wall Street Journal, and he's the host of Better Money on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sundland in Connecticut. And in Boston, you can see Better Money on Saturdays at 7 a.m. on WCBV. He's been an analyst for Fox Business, and he's also the author of six of his own books, including most famously The Money Map and most recently The Wealthy Think Differently. Joel, it seems like the last couple of months have been just an ongoing soap opera in the markets. You never know what you're going to get from one day to the next. What are we to make of all this? Well, volatility is back, and it's interesting. People have been telling me, well, Joel, you've been crying wolf for a year or so now. Well... Here we go. I mean, the the markets, uh, the tech markets are down substantially from their highs. Uh, we've got some tech stocks like Apple, Facebook, uh, that are down well over twenty percent, if not some of them down close to thirty percent. And so people are beginning to wake up. They're waking up from the complacency that we've all been in over the last nine years since the market bottomed in 2009. It's just been, for the most part, a straight ride up. And so we need to be very, very careful now, make sure our asset allocation is proper, make sure we're not too weighted towards one sector of the market. If you don't have a financial plan and if you don't have an investment plan that serves that financial plan, now is the time to get that done. It's really, really important right now before we head into a time where maybe we're going into a full-on bear market or when you just sort of lose faith in, in your future when it comes to investing, it's really important right now to put together a financial plan that works no matter what happens. And that's the key to a good financial plan is that it will work regardless of market conditions. And some people say, well, Joel, how is that possible? How can, how can a plan work even if the market goes down? Well, it can. It's important. The market is going to go down. And if you have a good financial plan, that will be factored in. And over the long run, if you've got the right plan, you should do just fine when it comes to your retirement planning. Remember, our job isn't to make you rich. Our job is to keep you from being poor. If we're doing a good job here at Johnson Brunetti, we are taking away the fear out of your financial future. And this is our goal, to take away the fear out of your financial future and give you confidence in what lies ahead. And that all comes from starting with the right plan. Now, before we get into the show today, I do want to mention something. Aetna is merging with CVS. And actually, it's CVS is actually buying Aetna. And this is a really big deal for our clients here in Massachusetts and Connecticut that are Aetna employees. Because what's happening is for every share of Aetna stock they own, whether it's in the 401k or not in the 401k, they're going to get $145 of cash, and they're going to get 0.87 shares of CVS stock. Now, don't get hung up on what I just said as far as the $145 or the 0.87. Here's what you need to know. If you're an Aetna employee, there are some decisions that you have to make, whether you're a retiree or whether you're still working there. We want to help. We have one of our key team leaders here whose spouse is an Aetna employee. We have all the materials on the merger, what's going to happen with the 401k and, and 
all of the different details that you need to know about. So give us a call if you want to talk about that. You can come in specifically and talk about just the Aetna, even if you don't want to talk about the rest of your portfolio. It's important to make sure that this decision you have on your 401k when it comes to company stock fits in with your overall financial plan. Very interesting. A lot to be thinking about, and it's always so important that you have a plan in place so that if you have specific things you need to address within your company or things like that, or if you're just worried about market volatility in general, it's so important that you have a plan. And having a plan, Joel, will keep you from constantly moving the goalposts. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. We found that people are all the time moving the goalposts in their own retirement planning. And usually it's to their own detriment. So let's talk about some of the ways you've seen people do this. I know sometimes people move the goalposts in terms of saying, how much cash do I need? You know, at, at any given moment, the amount of cash we have in the bank is how much we need. A lot of people get too attached to that security blanket. Right. And, and what you're saying here, John, is it doesn't matter how much I have, whether it's $25,000 or $250,000, that amount that's sitting there, we begin to, and I use this word again, be complacent about it and think that that's how much we need there at the bank. And let's take the person that's able to live on, let's say, $7,000 a month in retirement. It makes no sense for them to have a couple hundred thousand dollars in the bank unless they're going to spend that cash within the next year to 18 months. And yet, because it's there, that person that I'm talking about, again, that $7,000 a month uh, expense in retirement person, tends to just ignore it. You know, this is enough cash. I'll start investing um, once something changes in the economy. So now they're trying to time the market. And so we don't want to move the goalposts, as you mentioned, John, based on how much cash somebody has in the bank. Again, this needs to go back to a financial plan. The only money, in my opinion, that you should have at the bank is money that you're going to need in the next year or two. Other money needs to be invested or set aside in accounts that are earning much more than they can at the bank. And the funny thing is, you know, the folks that we're talking about that have a lot of cash at the bank, they keep adding to savings each month. A lot of times they're not even spending all the income they have. So, you know, the goalpost starts at $50,000 of cash that they want, then it goes to 75000 and they feel comfortable with the 75000 and then it goes to 100000 And before they realize it, they've got a whole bunch of money that's not earning anything. And if it is earning something, they're paying taxes on what it's earning, inflation is kicking in, and sometimes they're going backwards with that cash at the bank. Yep. A lot of people really get too attached. And like you said, complacent, I think is the operative word there. Another way that people tend to move the goalpost, Joel, is when they'll get serious about saving. Now, that's not to say that you aren't saving at all, but maybe you're putting money in your 401k and you think, well, I need to be doing something else. I need to be doing more. But you know, it's always something we'll do next year. Yeah, it's all—it's always something we'll do next year. And most of our clients are concerned about the amount of money that their kids are spending. You know, most of our clients are getting close to retirement or they're in retirement, so their kids are in their 20s and 30s, maybe even early 40s. And they see the way their kids spend money, and, and this is what they hear from our kids. Well, you know, as soon as we do the kitchen, then we'll start saving additional money. Or as soon as we go on that vacation, then we'll start saving additional money. So if you're in that younger age bracket, just do it. You know, the old saying from Nike, just do it. Just save more money. What we have done, and I've been doing this since 1989, is encourage people to just 
go all in and let's say up your 401k so you're making a 15% contribution. It might hurt for a month or two. After six months, chances are you won't even realize it. You won't even miss it, but you're saving 15% for the future. So it's always something we can push off till next year. Don't procrastinate. Just bite the bullet, especially this time of year. It's a good time to just go all in. You can always readjust in six months if you decide you need that extra money. There's an old saying, you know, we'll always refund your misery if you want to change direction in six months. Right. Well said. Um, so I guess this is the opposite of moving the goalposts when it comes to cash, you know, because you get used to that safety and you never want to put that money to work, even though you have too much lazy money. The opposite of that is saying, well, I'll reduce my risk tomorrow or next month. You know you have too much risk in your portfolio, but you keep moving the goalposts on when you're actually going to do something about it. Well, and what we're talking about here is there's a difference between reducing your... You can reduce your risk without parking a bunch of money in cash. There are other assets that you can put your money into. Um, They may be some kind of a structured product where you have a guarantee that you can't lose money. Maybe it's an insurance-based account where, again, you have a floor where you cannot lose money. Maybe it's a real short-term government bond where at least you're earning 1.5% to 2% instead of what the bank is paying you. So there are many different places to reduce risk other than just parking the money at the bank. And remember, the bank does a good job for that short-term one to two-year money. So it's really important that, again, you don't procrastinate when it's time to reduce your risk. A lot of people just in the last few months have gotten hurt because they didn't reduce risk. They were riding that roller coaster and it was going straight up and it felt really good and they felt wealthy. And all of a sudden, the market gets whacked real hard. And because they were being aggressive, sometimes maybe even more aggressive than they realized, they got hurt. And maybe their accounts are down 5, 10, 15 percent. And it's real hard to get that money back. Remember, the market goes down a lot faster than it goes back up. So real important that you don't take too much risk. You take enough risk to keep up with inflation, but you don't take so much risk that you're going backwards when it comes to your retirement planning. And you definitely don't take so much risk that you're tempted to do the wrong thing at the wrong time. The last thing I wanted to talk about on this conversation about moving the goalpost, Joel, is picking a retirement date. You know, some people actually keep pushing that date back just because they're insecure with their plan and they don't want to walk away from the paycheck just because they don't know if their assets are going to last for the rest of their life. Well, and the key here is having a financial plan. We call ours a money map plan so that you know exactly when you can retire based on some certain assumptions of inflation and how long you're going to live and so on. And it's not too hard to come up with that baseline number. So let's say you're 60 and you figure out you can retire at age 64. Well, now you can move the goalpost. If you want to keep working longer, then make the decision to keep working longer because you like to work, not because you're not sure. The, the thing that removes the insecurity from your future is having that strong financial plan and then an investment plan that serves the financial plan, not the other way around, not an investment plan and we hope it's going to work out, a solid financial plan and have the investment serve that plan. That way you don't have to keep moving that retirement date, those goalposts on your retirement date. You know exactly when you can retire, again, based on certain simple assumptions, and then you can decide to keep working longer only if you want to. So some people keep working just because they love it and that's fine, but more often people do it because lack of a plan or because they're just plain scared. Joel, if somebody wants help, if they say, you know what, I've been guilty of moving the goalpost or changing plans without 
really having a direction in mind or just willy-nilly buying and selling investments, if somebody wants some help, what can we do? Well, come and get our money map plan. Get our customized money map. It's built for your individual situation. You've got nothing to lose, but here's the thing. The pain and the consequences of not having a plan are too drastic. It hurts too much when you look back a year or two uh, back into the past and say, if I just would have had a plan, I wouldn't have gotten hurt this bad. If I just would have had a plan, we wouldn't have to change our lifestyle. If I just would have had a plan, we would be able to take the kids or the grandkids to Disneyland or whatever you dreamed of. And there are too many people that don't have a financial plan and didn't have a financial plan that look back with regret. You want to have a financial plan. You don't want to be that person that lives in regret or just looks back and says, if I would have sold all my investments when the market was up, I wouldn't have had to worry about anything. Now I'm really worried that I'm going to have to change my lifestyle. The money map plan builds that financial foundation so you know exactly where you stand. And then we want to de-risk your portfolio so that you're taking, you have enough market exposure to do well when inflation is kicking in, but you don't have so much risk that you're getting nervous when the market is going down. All of that comes from getting a money map plan. It gives you confidence in what lies ahead. It reduces the fear of what's going to happen. You know exactly where you stand, and we will do our best to put together investment recommendations that you don't even have to implement with us. You'll leave with a good plan, with our recommendations, with an income analysis, and you'll be better off because you came in and visited with us. So call now to get your own personal money map. Call 1-800-705-1232. If you call in the next 15 minutes, you can get our money map retirement review absolutely free. You come in, you sit down with us and get that customized money map. 1-800-705-1232. 800-705-1232. You can call that number or text whichever you prefer. If you text, just be sure to include your first and last name. And as Joel said, when you come in for a visit, you'll get a copy of one of his books. 800-705-1232 is the number. That's 800-705-1232. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. Let's open up the mailbag, Joel and see what folks have in mind for you this week. We're going to go to Tim, Vicki, and Harvey. Let's start with Tim, who says, I'm a dentist and thinking about retiring in the next five years, maybe less. I own my own building, so would I be better off to sell the building and invest that cash or try to actually sell my practice to someone else and then rent the building to them? Well, this is a great question, and a lot of professionals, dentists, doctors, chiropractors, they own their own building. It may be one of the biggest assets that they have. So, Tim, I'm not sure exactly what your situation should be here, what you should do, but let me just talk through what you're asking here so that you know what some of the options are. And then what I'd like to do is sit down with you and and learn about your specific situation because I don't know what other investments you have or what plans you have for retirement. But what you're saying is you basically have a few choices. You could keep the building, sell the practice, and collect rent, You could sell the building and the practice and reinvest that cash. And usually when you sell a dental practice, you're going to get a payout over three, five, seven years or so. Or uh, I guess you could just keep working. Even though you talked about retiring, you could kind of keep working as a consultant, not really sell the practice, but, you know, work one day a week or something like that. So great questions. Here's what I typically say. That building, if you have faith 
that uh, that new dentist you sell the practice to or that group of dentists is going to be able to make the business run and you get a nice buyout offer, maybe you should keep the building and keep collecting rent. That might not be a bad thing. What you have to do is figure out after all expenses are paid, what's my actual yield? So if you have a half a million dollar building, are you getting at least six, seven, eight percent cash flow on that half a million? You should be getting, let's say, thirty-five thousand or forty thousand dollars per year on that half a million dollar asset. Otherwise, you might be better off selling the asset and reinvesting that money somewhere else. So a lot of variables here, Tim. I'd love to sit down with you because what I don't know is what other debts you have elsewhere, what other debts does the practice have, and also what money do you have invested in other places. But again, like a lot of professionals, you own that building. That's an asset. And many times you can rent it to somebody else and just continue to be an owner of that asset and get some real nice cash flow that's actually inflation protected in retirement. Very interesting. And I would imagine, like you said, that this is common across a lot of different business owners. I mean, you said dentists and doctors and chiropractors, but I would imagine there are a lot of other business owners where the majority of their assets are in this illiquid state, right? And they have to figure out how to turn that into retirement income. Well, sure. CPAs, um, insurance agents many times own their own building. Maybe somebody that owns a machine shop. Uh, it's very, very common for a business owner to own the building. Many times their accountants have told them, buy your building. And a lot of times they weren't necessarily great savers. No offense to anybody, but they weren't the best savers. And that building is the biggest asset that they have. So it needs to be handled very carefully. Very interesting. All right. How about Vicky? Vicky says, it's very likely that my husband and I will be getting divorced within the next year or two. I'm already retired and he'll be retiring in the next couple of years. How is this going to affect my retirement picture if we end up splitting our assets? Well, Vicky, I'm sorry to hear about the divorce. What you need to do at this point is back up and make a financial plan based on you being the only person in that financial plan, which in essence is what's going to happen here. You figure out what assets you're going to get in the divorce. Are you going to inherit any debt during the divorce? Are the assets going to be IRA, 401k, or is it going to be all brokerage accounts? Is there any money saved at all? And what we need to do for you is sit down with a financial plan and figure out, okay, are you going to be okay for the rest of your life? Are you going to have the income you need? Can you stay wherever you're living or do you want to move? What about inflation? What about medical costs? You say you're already retired, but I don't know how old you are, Vicki. Maybe you need to uh, pay for medical costs until you're eligible for Medicare. So there's so many different moving parts. But the bottom line is you have to create a financial plan based on you alone and the assets that you're going to get after the divorce. Also, if you have not, and it doesn't sound like you have, split up the assets, I would like to help you figure out which ones to have and which ones not to have. Many times what happens is people go down the road of a divorce, they split up assets, and then after the fact, somebody comes to us uh, to do financial planning, and they find out, you know what, they shouldn't have split the assets that way. So uh, if you can come in and visit with us before it actually happens and you have to make decisions on splitting up assets, we would love to help you with that. We'll work closely with your attorney and make sure that as a team, we do the right thing for you. I'm sure that in your many years in the business, you've come across this uh, where somebody came to you maybe thinking that, all right, we're going to be getting divorced. I need to make plans. And then they actually end up working things out in the marriage and you know it all works out better that way i'm, I'm sure you probably come across that a time or two right 
Yeah, yeah, a few times. It doesn't happen a lot, unfortunately. Many times when somebody's already asking that questions or planning for a divorce, you know, things are pretty much in motion. But it does happen. Uh, most of the time, the key is, and many times we'll get referred by the divorce attorney to the spouse. So, for instance, let's say John and Debbie are getting a divorce and Debbie has most of the assets in her name and she has the relationship with the stockbroker and so on. Most of the time after the divorce, John is not going to work with Debbie's financial advisor. And so many times John's attorney will refer John to us, another, a different financial advisory firm, and we'll start working with him. So, uh, again, regardless of husband or wife here, many times in a divorce, whoever doesn't have the relationship with a financial advisor takes their assets and goes to a different financial advisor. And we've had a lot of clients come to us being referred by the divorce attorney because they want to pull that money away from the financial advisor that's really sort of married, for lack of a better term, to that other spouse. Final question for you today, Joel, and this comes to us from Harvey, who says, the airline that I fly for is eliminating some of our pensions and giving us a buyout instead. I'm not being forced to retire, but now I won't be increasing my pension by working more years. Do you think I should just go ahead and retire, and what should I do with the pension buyout? So again, this question, we've said it a number of times today, Harvey, is you need to get a retirement income analysis to find out, can you retire? Could you actually take the assets you have now, including the pension, which is an asset, and have enough money to support the lifestyle you want for the rest of your life? You need to know if you're going to be okay with that. Whether you should take the buyout or not, I don't know. I need to know the formula behind that buyout. How much of a lump sum can you take versus the monthly checks? What are the different options if you want to leave some of that behind to your heirs? Because once you make that decision, whether to take the monthly pension or the pension buyout, the lump sum, that is irreversible. I wrote a book called the Lump Sum Pension Payout Guide, which is exactly for this particular purpose. And you can get that when you come in and visit with me. Um, but Harvey, what you need to do is make sure you explore all those different options. For many people, it makes sense to take that lump sum pension buyout, roll the money over tax-free into an IRA, then you have more flexibility and control. But every once in a while, the monthly payout is too good of a deal to pass up. And so we'd love to analyze that for you. But again, uh, get my book, The Lump Sum Pension Payment Guide, and it discusses this decision that you're talking about, whether to take a lump sum or whether to take those monthly checks that are typically guaranteed for as long as you live. So, Harvey, great question. Uh, give us a call. Sit down with us. And any of you right now, you can give us a call. You can get your personal Money Map Retirement Review. We've talked about it before. It consists of an income analysis so that you know you're going to be okay for the rest of your life as far as income goes, or you know if you're in trouble. Wouldn't it be good to find out now instead of when it's too late that you won't be able to support your lifestyle? We'll let you know that. Secondly, a stress test on your portfolio, especially with what's going on in the market right now. Again, don't suffer the pain of finding out you were taking too much risk. That pain is too much to bear for a lot of people. A lot of people react very negatively to that, and then they do the wrong thing at the wrong time. So we want to stress test your portfolio as part of the money map, and then we'll put your whole financial life on one page. People love it because it gives a lot of clarity to what they're doing, especially if you are married. Um, many times for the first time, you and your spouse can see exactly where all your finances are, and we use that to facilitate a conversation. So. I'd love you to call. 
and get that money map. Call now, 1-800-705-1232. Come into our office, sit down, visit with us. We'll customize your money map. You'll either find out that you need to make some changes or that you're in good shape. Call now, 1-800-705-1232. 800-705-1232. Call or text, whichever is more convenient for you. Just be sure to include your first and last name if you text so that we know who we're talking to that way. And we'll reach back out to you and figure out the details of how to get you the book or how to get you into the office if you indeed would like to come in for a visit for your own Money Map Retirement Review. Again, that number to call, 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. Joe, always a pleasure. Thanks for your wisdom, as always. Well, great to be here. Great to talk to all of you. Have a great week. For Joel Johnson and everybody at Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies, I'm John Stillman. We'll talk with you next week right here, same time, same place, on Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents in all appropriate jurisdictions.